0: hello and welcome to episode 22 of the how we see things podcast um it's uh, dan stark here and alongside my co-host um statesman x how are you doing pretty good pretty good i'm
1: on a different course you know the weather is a bit um different here it's been raining for the most part but um all good. happy to happy to jump in
0: yeah i mean we've had terrible weather as well recently um lots of thunderstorms, lots of rain. Um, the UK, as you might have heard, had a very, very hot summer, but uh, it appears that a cold, the cold rains are coming. Um, hopefully it doesn't get too cold because there's a cost of living crisis going on. And um, a big part of that is the energy crisis, so the cost of electricity and gas, uh, which leads us neatly onto our first topic. Um, yeah. As you may... Not well, or may. or should have heard uh, the u k has a new prime minister. Um, her name is Liz truss, and Liz truss is a conservative MP, member of parliament um, for those across the pond. that's uh, like a senator, I guess uh, similar similar kind of role. um so she's an elected member of parliament and the way it works in the UK is that we don't elect the prime minister so to speak so people might be wondering the UK didn't we didn't hear the UK had an election Um, what the UK has is a five-year fixed term and within that term period the party who wins the general election can in theory subject to their internal election rules change the head of their party The head of their party is the Prime Minister of England, of the UK, being England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. So the Conservatives, as you may all know, in 2019 won the general election under one Boris Johnson, Hmm. following his many indiscretions, um, party gates, Patterson gates, um, just general misdemeanours a lax attitude towards dealing with serious issues and general incompetence was voted out in a vote of confidence um, after pressure from the opposition and uh, yeah, just general pressure from the, polit- from the polity, I should say. And as a result, the Conservatives held an internal uh, selection, election, not an election selection because the party members voted, and it was a vote. vote. Then, it was a vote, but it was again we had like two hundred thousand Conservative members yeah. deciding who the next Prime Minister was. Essentially, um, so it's it's a bit of a loophole, a massive one in UK politics. Imagine like the Republicans basically changing their leader. And that person becoming president essentially. So I mean, like that's that's
1: how the UK system works. Just kind of like so circling back, like you know, if you give us some background, because leading up to I guess like this trust's election, there were some people that were floated. Um, yeah. she Sunak. There was this annoying Nigerian lady, <laughs> Kemi Badenock. <laughs> Kemi
0: Badenock. Yeah. Um, who's who's uh, in Liz Truss's cabinet actually? No. She's... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, we we'll, we'll get to the cabinet at this point, but like you know, how, how did she end up? How did she end up? Um, you know I'm um, getting ahead of of all the competitors
0: so um as you've rightly said, we had quite a wide field mm. um, at, at a point there was eleven to start off that goal we down to eight, I believe then five then four then three two and the final the, the serious people those there was probably five of them that actually had a realistic or viable chance um start from the most junior tom togan who was sat on a select committee so similar to kind of a a senate um committee like you have in the years of senators on a particular issues so of foreign affairs was his particular brief um, he never actually held a ministerial position so he got knocked out when there was five to four number four was kemi badinok um, kemi badinok is a very ultra conservative um, MP, especially when it comes to cultural issues. So what we call the cultural wars. Mm-hmm. So very big on pushing back against uh, quote unquote, work <laughs> ideals, socialists, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's considered kind of a socialist or um, left leaning ideals, um, particularly in the areas of education, um, and in the areas of kind of dealing with uh, women in quality. Yeah, and, and race um, stuff as well. And so LGBT issues as well. No, so.
1: race, like the, how I came to know Kim about was she, she appeared on some silly person's Substack, very um, wise, um, you know, going on about how, you know, this standard trope here hear from, from conservative black people about how, you know, they're not victims, And about how, despite the fact that they have incredible platforms, like using Kemi Badenik as an example, they keep framing themselves as either like victims of an effort to silence them from speaking out um, the truth or as like, you know, pushing some hidden truth that nobody else um, wants to accept. And I think um, the other time she was bombarded by Nigerians on Twitter. She 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 was. yeah, because I think there's just something something silly about like growing up in Nigeria or something like that. Um, that people just took like what, what was this person saying? She seemed like she was pandering um a lot to um white, white people. And I think that's like, kind of what like drove her to frame herself as like this champion. Yeah, Kevin
0: Kemi, um... Kemi Badnock is, you know, an engineer by 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 kind of by um training,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: extremely intelligent by all accounts. Um and I think it's it's one of these. We've dealt with this issue before on the pod. We'll probably talk about it again. It's the phenomenon of um, those who attain a particular height and seek to somehow perhaps pull the ladder, so to speak, in a bid Mm. to fit in or in a bid to be seen as um, beyond colour. No, like like those other beyond. Yeah, it's, you know, the idea of um, if you try and fit in and you do things as extreme I think as possible because she's very, again highly intelligent but some of these conservative ideals that she pushes or ideas that she pushes I think if you think about reciprocity in society you will just generally become yourself you know it's mm. just some of it is just highly unnecessary because yeah. you're going to change percentages of the population and, and, and try, are you can try and homogenize people it's ridiculous so yes Kemi was the fourth to go number three mm-hmm. was um, Penny Morden now, Penny Mordon was actually at that stage seen as a bit of a dark horse who was riding to the front. Penny Mordon is a former servicewoman, um, uh, I believe, Navy um, reservist. So she was very popular, obviously, with, with kind of centrists in terms of those who are strong in law and order and obviously veteran services and affairs. Penny Mordon was Secretary of State for International Trade. At a point under Theresa May. She was also a Secretary of State for Women and Equality. So she had cabinet experience, although not high, those are not the highest briefs in the land. In the UK, we have four um, high offices: foreign mm-hmm. secretary, home secretary, um, chancellor of the exchequer, so basically the Minister of Money, Minister of Treasury, in charge of the Treasury. And we also have, who am I missing out? Foreign, home, chancellor, I'm missing one. He'll come back to me. Um, so yeah, but she got knocked out and we ended up with Mistrust versus Rishi Sunak. Now Rishi Sunak as you all know or should know was um, Chancellor of the Exchequer during the COVID years under Boris Johnson. He was seen as being, you know, the fiscal, fiscally responsible Chancellor, former investment banker, one of the renowned houses in the world, um, obviously very wealthy. Um, he'd been kind of, I think ultimately, he lost for a number of reasons. Um, he, whilst he was very popular with the Parliamentary Party, Parliamentary Conservative Party, and most of the MPs in Parliament, Conservative would have liked to see him win. Um, Boris Johnson, who is very popular still with a large portion of the base, you know, in terms of the charismatic individual being seen as delivering Brexit, whatever that means, um, although that still remains unresolved, and um, pushing ahead for vaccines and the like. Rishi Siwanak was seen as being the downfall of Boris Johnson. His resignation was seen as being the catalyst for Boris's eventual no confidence and the, the massive wave of resignations that followed. So that 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 kind of, he's been tarnished a bit as a bit of a, the guy the Judas, say. So,
1: say? So like, I mean, from, from, from the little I've, I've, you know, read on the timeline and, you know, in, in articles and stuff, it appears that like, yes, it did come down to Sunak versus mistrust, but what was ultimately what sunak doing was that, um, maybe a bit too principled yeah like so he should he showed um potential to be a good prime minister, but apparently trust was a better politician in the sense that like you know um she was able to rally the more conservative people in the party to our cause by you know effectively like promising to be um um somewhat like radical basically in you know, her approach um to doing things um, taking some lessons from Boris Johnson in, in the promise heavy, Promise, you know, the world to the conservatives, um, but probably, you know, as far as the conservatives are concerned, without as much scandal um, as um, Boris came with. So, you know, it's interesting, I guess, because um, like, I think she, she's been in government for a long time and has come for a while. Um, it's kind of like moving the the convo along. You yeah, talked about the fact that Kimi badin is now in. Um this is trust this trust is cabinet. And like, you know, the story that's come out of the cabinet twofold. One, that it's probably the most diverse cabinet, um, in terms of like ethnic background that any UK Prime Minister has ever assembled. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, it's probably also the most right-wing um, yeah, I cabinet that's probably assembled too.
0: Yeah, there's a bit there's a bit of a red herring, you know, if you if you listen yes. to the Sky News or BBC. Other broadcasters are available, but these are the flagship um, mm-hmm. broadcasters in the UK, ITV if you want to throw them in. So you will hear things like there's not there's a this was a phrase I heard about I watched a number of clips, obviously, being the political nerd that I am, kind of analyzing um the appointments and the speech that Liz Truss gave. And what you would hear are appointments um to the cabinet. And you would hear a lot of, oh, this is the first cabinet that has uh is all non-white male, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the 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 those great offices of state. Yeah. So that being the prime minister, chancellor of the exchequer, foreign secretary, and home secretary, the, those are the four. So the prime minister is Liz Truss, a white woman. Chancellor of the exchequer is Kwasi Kwarteng, um, a black man. Foreign secretary is James Cleverly, um, a man of mixed heritage, um, black and white, and Swella Braverman. Um, who is uh, of Southeast Asian descent? Not particularly sure what what country in the Southeast subcontinent. Um, no, the,
1: no, but, but the problem appears to be that, like you know, um, it's a classic but also very cynical move that right wing politicians make. So the best yeah. way to make a racist a racist argument, or the best way to implement racist policies, is to make a black person the face of.
0: Yeah, because it's it's you can't then argue that it's racist, right? Yes. Yeah. Someone who it's the it's the my best friend is black argument. Um. Yeah. So therefore, I can't be racist. You know, and it's um, yeah, like you say, you know, there's lots of takes in terms of oh yeah, this is the first black chancellor, Quasi Kwarteng. Quasi Kwarteng is, you know, a very intelligent man, uh, of Ghanaian descent. For those who are, um, uh, if if you hear somebody saying Kwasi. Yeah, I mean, yeah nice. I mean, those who are, you know, who understand the nomenclature should know what, where he's from. Um, I mean, was obviously born in the UK, but his parents are both in. So I think when you look at Quasi, he's clearly very intelligent, um, went to Eton, um, you know, won a number of scholarships, um, went to Trinity College, Cambridge um you know and has a PhD at, mm. from Harvard um on a Kennedy scholarship. So this is this is someone who's highly, highly intelligent. Um but then you just have to look at his politics and you look at, you know, this is someone who obviously worked for P- places like JP Morgan stuff like that, you know, mm. written written for Daily Telegraph. Um the challenge is based on decisions that have been made, do they do they actually... How do, how do they work for people who might fall within low-income communities, right? Um, do, do, does he show that in his politics, in his statements, in his briefs so far? I would say no. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the issues where people are like, you know... <clears throat>
1: I mean, it's similar, like, so, like, you know, because because all, all this is just speculation based on, I guess, like, position that these people have taken. But like, I, I thought it was interesting to find out that, like, apparently, this trust was a remainer. Um, yes, you know, she was. Yeah, she was, so, she was. She was. She was a remainer. So maybe the politics of this, you know, panel is more complicated than than what well, I just I think said. It was. it's funny yeah.
0: should say that, you know, looking and I like the fact that okay, we're able to give each other kind of like informed outsider views on the respective qualities because Liz Truss was actually a liberal democrat in her youth um Mm. many people might not know this so she was a republican actually there's videos of her saying down with the monarchy and stuff like that ironic as she was elevated to the office of prime minister by her majesty the queen um yesterday so it's, it's one of these things where people do change over time and like you say, if you look at her policies, for example, let's talk about energy. This is the, the, the huge thing in the UK right now. Um, due to lack of supply, let's just call it yeah. that, I don't buy that it's down to the Ukraine war. I'm probably giving it about 20, 30, 40% maybe, because we only get about, what was it, 5% of our gas from Russia or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long-term problem. It's, it's a long-term problem. issue, yes. and I think the other factor there is that there's also issues with the UK actually storing enough gas over time. So it's, it's, it's a case of like, you're having to buy more, right? Whereas yeah. if you buy more in a larger quantity, we know when you buy more, when you go to Costco and you buy things in multi-packs, they're essentially cheaper. But anyway, I digress. So um, looking at, looking at the politics of Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Trust. So these will be the two heads of the government. Essentially it's the chancellor and the prime minister. How they want to tackle the rising costs is to introduce a cap which was removed, right? So because Mm -hmm. of the removal of this cap, energy has doubled so far. I'm now paying double what I paid last year. And this was was due to multiply times two again, so times four of what I was paying in October. And this was, again, projected by the next January rise to go up to about times six. So obviously... smart thing to do because she's coming she's on the hot seat and what i've heard that they're going to do is they're going to bring back a cap um, and they're going to try and cap it um, inclusive of government contributions so far to about 2500 right which is about 240 pounds a month 200 pounds a month um for the whole year so it's still like triple sometimes what people were paying from like 18 months ago but it's a lot better than what is being forecasted. Now, I think obviously that's is she doesn't have much of a choice. She has to do that because otherwise there's going to be riots and people are going to lose. People are not going to be able to afford. Early.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, I think it's I think it's very interesting um, because like that's basically platform that she and I guess her cabinet um, run on and are coming in like hot on. Basically, want to reduce the. Cost of living, we want to like do something about the rising cost of living for people in the UK. And that's, you know, although like they are tech quote unquote conservatives, the idea of I think the plan is expected to be about hundred billion pounds. Um, the idea of like a hundred billion pound subsidy with no ending sight doesn't sound um very conservative. Um something is going to have to give somewhere, because I think on the other hand, too, she's yeah. also promising. She's also promising tax cuts. Um,
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this is the this is this is the mystery of Liz Truss, and Mm -hmm. she's she's seen in many ways as a wannabe Thatcher. So if you Google her, Google Liz Truss, Google Margaret Thatcher, and see how Liz Truss has evolved over the years, she's now got the bob, she's now Mm -hmm. got the the power suit uh, skirt suits. And um, she's now got the assistants on uh, either side walking her. Yeah. she's she's very she she used to be a lot more easygoing. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, she, she has been done she's done very serious She's evolved. Yeah, she's evolved into that. But one thing she is known for wanting to push is free market liberalism, and that's why her and Kwasi Karting are quite interesting because Kwasi comes from the school of they 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 are very similar in that they're not thinking about the deficit right so you make a good point where's this 100 billion coming from to to essentially subsidize energy they're just saying well we're going to borrow and then we're going to yep. push the debt further down the line now mm-hmm. typical financial conservatives so when i say, when we say financial conservatives we're talking about um they believe in in a small state and lack of government interventions. they hang on
1: yeah like this isn't we're not balancing the books
0: like we're known for being fiscally responsible like where's this money coming from like you say she's going to reduce taxes she's going to reduce corporation tax because her argument as anybody's economically literate will know is cut taxes increase in investment increase in trade right does that how is that going to work out so she's essentially putting 100 billion on the country's credit card yeah and <laughs> she's reducing the money that the government is going to be taking in from yeah. the treasury in tax
1: yeah, so, so the and mix like the mix what you have and i think the sweet spot she's trying to you know um cater to which i think it's it's, it's the wave now of, of conservative movements around the world is the populist you know approach where you're actually you're spending money to directly impact people's lives, like you know, uh, vis-a-vis, like uh, for example, a subsidy, hundred billion pound um, subsidy. But at the same time, it's it's tagged along with free market mm-hmm. economics, like with like taxes and everything. Yeah. Um. It, with the economics, like, um, what do you think you know the approach would be to quote-unquote cultural issues? Because like cultural is definitely not as hot in the UK as yeah. it is in in the US, but like there was this thing about like some hospital in in the UK who was treating doing like surgeries for like trans um, um children or something. There's been like some backlash, I think, to um to Notting Hill um, um carnival as well. There's also you know this conversation that head every now and then again about like immigration. I think so the people in the cabinet have some very, very radical policies about sending people back. Oh yeah,
0: back I mean the whole, stuff like that. So the, the new, the new um, Braverman, the new uh, Home Office Minister, Secretary of State for Home Office or whatever the official title is, um, Swellow Braverman is definitely going to push on immigration. So there's obviously, like you alluded to, the issue of small boats coming across from France mm-hmm. with refugees. So I'm sure there'll be some sort of further demonization of re- legal refugees coming over and further shrinkage of safe rights into the UK. But, I mean, thankfully, we still have the human rights, despite all the attempts by the previous Minister for Justice. Um, and, yeah, human rights bill, and hopefully that, that stands strong in the face and it, of... And
1: it makes it, it, makes it harder to accuse uh, them of right, white supremacy or anything
0: yeah, like that when the yeah.
1: people who are doing it are...
0: I mean, uh, if you're cynical, if you're cynical, of course, which, you know, you couldn't accuse us of. No, yeah. no. Surely not. Um, but, I mean, you, you made the point about culture wars. It's interesting that Kemi Badenok, had she been given, I think, DCMS, Digital, Cultural, Media and Sport, or um, education, those two areas would have seen her greatest impact because Kemi is a staunch anti-wokist. Um, Wokism, as we know, has been bastardised um, and is now abused as... Um, denigrate your term towards those who have concerns yeah it's, with, not, it's not a perfect narrative basically yeah when it actually used to mean being awake yeah. to, to issues and was seen as a term of uh, endearment or not even endearment even uh, someone who was eliminated was... Mm. but anyways um, but chem is, interestingly been pushed to international trade now like I said By all accounts, when she was an under-secretary in Treasury, under Shisuna, she did excellent work. Um, Mm. And I think Kemi's been pushed aside because she's a threat. Kemi was very much, very, very popular with the base with the p- membership. If someone like Liz Trost wasn't running, I think Kemi might have found herself in the final two. Yeah, so what's that space? I think she's been pushed into national trade. Kind, of, kind of like what
1: it did to Pete Buttigieg by making him transportation secretary.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, so, there's some jobs you don't want in the cabinet. I mean, it's yeah. nice to be in the cabinet, but, but Kemi's never been a cabinet minister, so start somewhere and kind of progress. Um, no, I
1: mean, I mean, like for, for me, there's just, there's something, and uh, I know, like, you know, this enemy of my enemy, is is a friend of mine. Is my anything. the kind of people who have endorsed or who are happy about this, this trust appointment gives me the ebgbs So you know, there's like a there's like a growing endorsements in the Washington Journal by John Bolton. Um, there's this really annoying right winger as well, Henry Olsen, who writes glowingly about her in the Washington Post. That that, that just like turns my stomach. I'm not particularly invested in you know um uk politics aside from like the odd scandal here and there but like if these american right-wingers who i detest are endorsing um this trust that just raises like you know um um red flags for me but like I, I think one feature of UK politics is that the tone is a bit like lower the, the stakes are sort of less existential and i think it's a more serious it's it's more it's a more serious, more deliberate form of politics. Have, so. have
0: you heard about I mean it's a bit I would say it's more insidious. Um you, you can try and butter it how you want. It's it's kind of it's how like the racism here is more that was a fear, no. it's more systemic, it's more no. uh, it's not in your face. I mean sometimes it is in your face, it's not in your face. Um it's uh there's outrage over uh, someone being called out for certain acts rather than the act itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can look at this it, a bit, is it duplicitous? Is it... Um, yeah, well, 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 it? I think the fact so... that the
1: prime minister has to, you know, answer questions from people and, you know, there's, there, there, the amount of difference that is given to the leader here in the US mm. and to politicians, it's just not the same. Um, yeah, the there's different
0: culture. It's different culture. Yeah, yeah. There's... There, there's you know, you sound almost like, oh, that might be nice, but trust no, me. A, 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 hybrid, no,
1: a hybrid, definitely, like, UK politics has some things to learn from. And I think, like, you know, with, with Boris Johnson, one of the, um, I guess, like, narratives that emerged out of out of his whole campaign and his success and eventually his downfall was, that like, he helped to Americanize um, UK politics in a way, like, you know, nationalize um, things, nationalize issues, so that yeah. nothing is ever, like, local anymore like any, on any issue, like, you know, polarizing like, people and stuff like that. So definitely, UK politics is picking up some some negative lessons, I would say, from American politics. But I think US politics definitely take one or two things from um, oh, yeah, UK sure. One, one of them being the level of engagement, the lack of deference that journalists show um, um, to politicians. Here, it's all based on access. And so, you know, people are trying to kiss people. Um, um, People's asses, I and mean, they're all part of like the same voice yeah, club, I like, mean DC I and stuff
0: like that. We we have situations here where there is um, a bit of uh, kind of uh, closed group over familiarity between certain <laughs> members of the media and politicians. So we do have that, like you say, it's a bit more hush hush. So these things aren't so in your face. There is a semblance, like you say, of um, scrutiny, which is which <laughs> is good. There's, there is, but again, there's still very much, you know, stuff like this energy crisis that it's kind of like the analogy of frogs in hot water. Mm. Um, and then you turn up the heat ever so high and they don't realize they're boiling until yeah. the water's uh, at peak point. So something like this energy crisis has been bubbling for a long time. Um, and people kind of sat back waiting for the, the first, you know, ex, 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 you know kind of exponential rise happened it was kind of murmurings 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 and now it's kind of, you know people are being told oh it's going to go times four times six mm. now people are saying oh no you know this isn't right and whatsoever but I guess with the Brits the idea is that you eventually get there um, and you kind of build your case and it's all kind of evidence-based mm. and what did this person actually say, and what was actually done, or what can you evidence? And you know inference is kind of the winner gets to dictate, right? what's what's being said. And that also, in terms of politics, feeds into the media. So many people don't see, for example, the realities of Brexit being linked to negative impacts on the economy, for example, because those who won the levers, get to frame the discourse um they essentially are in power in the conservative party mm. and they get to frame how who gets blamed for what so at the moment Russia- no way, I,
1: but, but i feel like to an extent no, like i feel like there is there is some genuine regrets over brexit like internally. so
0: yeah no there's massively and people it's affecting people in their daily lives Yes, yeah. their regions of the uk where they're suffering from a lack of investment lack of foreign workers lack of enough staff to do things um because people left going back to their own countries uh, just a number of things so yeah it's it's one of these things where you know people will talk around the topic without speaking I, I mean, but, I, have, but, I, 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 but on,
1: on the flip side, though, you know, what's 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 the plan for Labour Party? Like, what what's 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 Labour doing? You know, what, how is Labour responding? What's the outlook for them? Yeah, you know, um... yes,
0: yeah, so, I mean, Labour are leading in the polls. They have a double point lead over the Conservatives. Last I looked, to it was about 44 um, in favour of Labour. So obviously, the Boris Johnson government has done huge damage to the Conservative leadership um, kind of chances of re-election and if you look at it Conservatives have been in power for 12 years um, ever since David Cameron won the 2010 election so the half-life of any government really you know by the time you've done a decade um, and two years is starting to come apart Um, and if you look at the role of distrust I think our biggest challenge, obviously, immediately, is dealing with the cost of living crisis, mm-hmm. dealing with the NHS pressures for the winter. So the NHS notoriously gets a lot more busy. The colder it gets, um, ageing population, um, you know, just more people susceptible to. So to how, how long does she have before the Conservatives are up for elections? Um, so the next elections already? are due in early twenty twenty four. Okay, so not um, so not so long, not that long. And she has about till Christmas to prove her worth. Yeah, so, so it's a living. Yeah, so basically you
1: should expect like you should expect splashy you know, splashy decisions, I mean, attempts tomorrow, to win the yeah. news cycle, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah. Tomorrow we're gonna have the tomorrow we're gonna have the energy kind of policies announced. Yeah. So that's gonna be a huge boon because so many people in the country are desperate for that. So, so there will be in the details now. How is it going to be paid back? Yeah, because um, in true conservative style, they've refused to fund this um, relief, should we say, by a windfall tax, which would be the easiest way, right? Just do a windfall tax on all the energy companies who are making record billion, tens of billion profits. That's what Labour wants. So t- you say, what are Labour doing? Labour have distinctively come out to say, issue a one-off windfall tax that will clear all this, that will make, that will discount for people. Um, And we can use that profit even Mm -hmm. towards reinforcing the energy infrastructure, relying less on these fossil fuels, right? And trying to move towards other greener forms of of energy, such as wind, nuclear, blah, blah, blah. So that's Labour's position. Um, And if you look at it, what, Listruss and I think quasi, they're going to be very adaptable. They're gonna go with policies that will be effective and yeah. will be popular with the public. I think that's gonna be Yeah,
1: no, trust definitely seems like a good politician. Like if, yes. if not if not anything, she seems like a good politician. He seems like and like one of the marks of the good politician is being able to channel the right message to the right audience. So you don't have to be everything to everyone at the same time. So mm. you're to your radical base, you can be a radical. To the more moderate people in you know, the party or in the media or in the country, you're giving a more moderate message. To the people on on, you know, the left, you're kneecapping their arguments by filling your cabinet with diverse people, investing in, like, subsidies, uh-huh. still acknowledging, like, some of the green policy stuff and all that. So, like, it will be interesting to see how um, it plays out. We I saw a conspiracy that was clearly from the fever swamps, basically, but like it seems to be this random discussion about. So Her Majesty was shaking, the stress. and uh-huh. the tears are like, you know, Her Majesty, given that she's a very old woman, yeah, has some, has some some bruises. On, oh my goodness! On on her hand. Oh is there anything, is there I haven't heard
0: about. Th- I mean, I just re- it's funny. Just before, um, well, maybe not funny. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah, I read I read that. There was um, the queen was supposed to attend some privy council meeting. So privy council is historically for all those historical nerds out there is how the queen um, kind of administers her power. Yeah. So she in effect devolves her power um, as the head of privy council to the prime minister, and that's where that official power comes from the being the constitutional monarchy. So. Um, my understanding is that the Queen's not going to be able to attend a Zoom call tomorrow. So I don't know if that... <laughs> I mean, the Queen has had a lot of mobility issues recently. Um, so hoping she's well. Wish, wish Her Majesty all the best. Who is um, Dixiel, eh? Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales.
1: Prince Charles. That's Harry's brother.
0: Harry's dad. Harry's dad. Mm-hmm.
1: Is, isn't he the one that always Epson? Jeffrey Epstein? Everything.
0: No, that's Prince Andrew, allegedly allegedly. Uh,
1: and, and who is Prince Andrew again?
0: Prince Andrew is Prince Charles's younger brother.
1: Uh, okay, okay. What's, what's Prince Charles' deal? Um, um, Prince Charles is,
0: you know, um, king-in-waiting. Um, yeah. So he is very much, um, likes to be seen to be challenging, especially kind of climate things, you know, I know yeah. he's big on kind of like the green environment and architecture, he seems to have a particularly interesting. in, um, and he's a patron for a number of charities. Mm. And um, in effect, is carries out a lot of the administrative duties for his mother. Do
1: you think? Do you think we could see Harry and Meghan brought back into? Brought back into the um, um,
0: could we see? Yes, anything's possible. Okay, that was a <laughs> um, how how likely is it? Um, it would take a bit of time, I think. It'll take a bit of time. I, I mean, I could see it happening. I mean, that was a massive opportunity for the royal family to be seen as modern, to welcome diversity. And unfortunately- yeah, I mean, I, I, got, I've had a lot of time
1: to think about that whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, while obviously we all side with, with um, Meghan and Prince Harry, but the royal family, aside from, I guess, being a family, is an institution as old as, I guess, like modern society. Uh-huh. Like it's it's basically shaped or had a large hand in shaping the world that we, that we live in um, today. And to oppose them, especially like as a as a member of family or as an outsider, um, is to go up like against like a, a behemoth, and you know they didn't exactly cover themselves like in 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 glory or anything like that but um it's possible that maybe it could have handled it differently but it's a good it's a good opportunity to to say because speaking of, of real families that have um they have drama mm-hmm. I mean, for for those who are interested three episodes of of house of dragon um have come out now which is the history of,
0: <laughs> so um, from from, <laughs> from from the island of britain to the. No, I yeah, I mean, Westerners. yeah, serious now,
1: because, like, it's, it's not, like, those those things are completely unrelated. I mean, yeah, like, yeah everybody <laughs> knows that, like, you know, Game of Thrones and Tolkien, who we speak of two, is based, like, some I of mean, the I mean, King's Land is yeah, London, right? Yeah, it's based on, like, you know, historical places in, in, in the West, especially in the UK. But, like, the segue was, like, you know, real families with some drama in them. Oh, and awesome. The real family, obviously, in, in House of Dragon is, is going through some... Is going through some some turmoil. Some of the criticism I've seen of this is that it's a bit heavy-handed when it comes to like the plot lines. So like it, it was pretty obvious from the beginning that the hand was scheming. It was it was so on the nose, basically, that like the hand was plotting and scheming, and that like you know, some people somewhere are by biting, like the other people. It was pretty it was set up from the beginning for um Rhaenerys to have beef with with Alison it's a bit like to just thing like what, what have you made of like the I think also like um the first episode I think we had like twenty million um um viewers or something. Yes yeah, um, the most, the one most watched,
0: watched premiere
1: yeah the um, most watched premiere in T V history on on the strength of that alone it's earned a renewal for
0: like literally um, two days later <laughs> three.
1: yeah it's earned the renewal for season two. Um but like so far what did you made of the of the first three? If so its how you know where
0: the show's going? Yeah, I think it's been really good. Um, I think, obviously, House of the Dragon is a prequel which deals specifically with the Targaryen Civil War. Um, and it will be, spoiler alert, between the Blacks and the Greens, I'm not going to tell you who's who, but spot the clothing worn by the respective matriarchs. Um, obviously deals with the issue of succession, which troubled mm-hmm. the Targaryens. Partly their fault because of their need to be inbred and whatnot. Um, so
1: I mean their fault yeah. down to this, down to this king, the series who Yeah, who can't know, make a damn decision. Yeah. yeah. he can make a damn decision, wants to please everybody, you know, comes off as a bit weak at uh-huh. the same time, but like has a good heart, maybe too good a heart for for you know the role that he's like supposed to play. And you know, in trying to make everybody happy, it's going to end up um just kind of like, you know, like tearing everything apart. I'm, I'm curious to see how the high towers get what's coming to them. Um, mm. um because like you know, they, they seem pretty secure. And now that like Alison's the queen, you know, that that, that seems like set up and everything. Yay, um, I
0: mean they always seem secure, don't they? So it's... Yeah, they, they
1: always seem secure until on un, until they're not. Um I I don't know that like I don't know that it would be able to sustain viewership from the first few episodes, although the person playing Daenerys, I think, is able to capture um the same I don't know what the word I'm looking for is as like Daenerys Targaryen, So like that that comparison. Like yes, and the people are making is, is is pretty strong. Um, I think the show also generated a lot of controversy due uh-huh. to like casting sources. and we can use this to segue also into like talking about the rings of power, um, which is like a lot of ring show on yep. Amazon. That's a different ballgame entirely because I think Amazon has spent
0: close to a billion dollars. I mean, um, you can could, you can could, tell the the the. This the cinematography No, yes, you got to costume Costume work is, um, is is exceptional, really well done. Um I just think is the world too big? Um I mean this is the thing with Lord of the Rings, that's always the age old question. It's it's a huge expanse. Um the thing with Game of Thrones, for example, is you don't cover the you know of your mention the mention parts of the no. world, but essentially they focus on one continent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
1: No, the, the the world in the world in Lord of the Rings is huge. And you know, Lord of the Rings is a bit more how do I put it now? It's it's more fantasy than Game of Thrones is. Game of Thrones is a lot more about politics and about mm-hmm. like, you know, um personal conflict and yes, about like, you know, um character arcs and the progression I conflicted anti-heroes and the character arcs of people either going from good to bad or bad to good, stuff like that. Um Lord of the Rings is straight up like straight up fantasy, like straight up, you know, magical songs, magical rings, yeah, um, magical creatures, you know, that there, there is like taking involved because what's happening, you know, what the, the whole point of like the rings of power, basically, for those who know don't know, is that like you know, the people get corrupted yeah. as a result of like the, the pursuit of some really beautiful um items and that kind of like sets them off on a trajectory that leads up to the Lord of the rings like where the story actually is um you know these, these rings are power that are used to control um people you know the the whole idea of like a double edged um something how beauty can you know also be a curse but there's been controversy around these two shows oh. um because of casting decisions that have been made by showrunners um a lot of people are whining elon musk was crying on twitter like, he, every, every day he seems to me more like he just like a like a for, for lack of a better word like an idiot like a very wealthy very powerful idiot but he was mining on twitter about how which, which is like the usual or the standard intel complaint. basically yeah, by intel i mean in, in, once you celebrate complaints about like TV shows that oh um you know all the men in the show are being portrayed as like bumbling idiots or stupid or villains and well, that only the women in the show seems to be good characters, and people are like, Wait, "What are you talking about?" Like, like what are the, you talking
0: about, dude? Like
1: if the, the show, the many people who look like um, Galadriel's friend, you know, of the elves, seems like a good guy. The man she runs into on. Um, on the raft seem like a good guy. The leader of the Hobbits or Harfoots in the show seemed like a good guy. The elf guy who is clearly falling in love with the human. So like so it's it's pretty obvious that like they yeah, are they are they are men, but like I think I think we we live in a time and then there's a complaint about like the casting choice of the Valerians uh-huh. making them black. Or people who are made like black in in the show. So we seem to live in a time where you know people I guess like reactionary people want to be upset. About things, and to an extent, like they have a point. So, you know, um, it, it would be it would be difficult to to portray. Take for example, Gandalf yeah. as black, you know, or Aragon as black. Or uh, well, I mean,
0: or... I get so, but there's some characters that aren't defined. So why not? Yeah, some
1: characters, some characters aren't aren't super defined. Some uh-huh. characters, their role in the show or in the story isn't so important as to have, you know, them be the most important thing. One of the best. I don't know if you remember this Cinderella movie, but there was one, there's one. I never Cinderella. So there's this movie where Will Be Goldberg is like, it's like a second fantasy. I think it's Cinderella. Like Will Goldberg is the queen. The white man is the father, the, prince is, the prince is Asian, and Brandy is, is black. Like it's like it's like a whole like has, but it's a really good shoe. Yes. Um so, and like what what have you made of like you know the whole like backlash? Um, yeah, I so think it's
0: it's kind of a signal of the times, isn't it? It's yeah, I just think it's unnecessary. Um, it's um it's one of these things where I think it's unnecessary gatekeeping. <clears throat> why, why would you gatekeep? Why would you gatekeep who can, who looks like a half foot? They're not half foot in the canon, right? They were written specific for the show. So why can't you have black actors play? And I, I think diversity is, as long as it doesn't ruin the authenticity of the show. And I think all the major characters are who they should be, right? Um, Galadiel's a white woman, <laughs> and gandalf or whoever the stranger is is you know yeah the, so i don't know no, what i mean but like
1: there's like to 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 kind of to kind of like chance to one to steal man like you know the the critique that that is being oh. made um there is something to be said for the way the character comes across in the books like you know or in a, in a book or in written work um people who make you know live action adaptations of like written work have the job of translating that character um onto tv usually if you've read the written work you go into the live action adaptation expecting to see you know what you had visualized in your mind and so if if you see something different your your initial reaction will be like huh what is this and if you're predisposed, if you're predisposed to see that kind of change as a result of cultural forces that you oppose, like the larger yes. cultural forces that you oppose, it's going to be it's going to be an issue, basically. And that's kind of what's happening like to these to, to these shows where people are trying to stir up controversy about like you know the the race of certain characters and like you know the, the casting choices to make it seem like um the only reason why They are cast that way is because of this, you know, quote unquote work phenomenon that is spreading. But the simple truth is that, like, as we, as we, I guess, like, evolve as a society, as black people, minority people start to get more political power, it's going to become less and less um, possible to cast in and to make casting choices as, like, all white or something. But on the other hand, you want to kind of be realistic. You know, and then there's the flip side argument too, which is a lazy, not very smart argument. Like the opposing side would be somebody would say, you know, what if they made Black Panther sitting Wakanda? Yeah, those are yeah
0: I mean, look, like I said, it's if the writing is specific to a particular, you know, it's why I do think like specific characters that are clearly written for a particular racial demographic should be left alone. There's no need to have like a black. Um, bond, for example, I just...
1: I mm. Oh, so you don't, you, don't, you don't think there should be a black Bond?
0: No, not necessarily.
1: I mean, but like uh, considering the fact that Bond is a pseudonym, um, you know, Jimmy Bond is not actually the guy's name. Um, bond in 007...
0: Is, yeah, the but 007 I mean, just because of the, Yeah, I'm talking about the way it's been incorporated into um, kind of regular you know, yeah. canon... Over time, yeah, just leave it. Like I don't, I don't, yeah.
1: No, well, I mean, so, so, I mean, where, where, where do you now, where do you not draw the line now? Because like some, some shows have ended up being terrible oh. because of casting choices. You know, um, The Wheel of Time, for example, is yeah, one, no, such, one <laughs> such adaptation that was that was trash because who, who, who the fuck knows what type of casting choices they were, you know, they made or like they were trying to. Behind making an show and direction and production and all of that, but like you know, I think I think I think there is something to be said for. Um, on, on one hand, it's a show about like elves and dragons and you know Morgoth and all that kind of stuff. So really, what's the reality you're trying to um, hold on to? But at the same time, you know, we the the question of representation gets more and more complicated every time somebody either complains or somebody oh, wow. defends. Or some, every time somebody complains about something they don't like or somebody defends something that they like, because you have this, you had the discussion, you know, whole discussion about British actors playing British black actors playing American roles. You have the issue of like, you know, um, um able-bodied actors playing roles of um disabled people. Yeah. On one hand, on one hand, it's acting. On the other hand, how do you how do you make sure like representation is a real thing? I don't know what do you think of that like tension.
0: I mean, it's difficult and it's a tricky balance. Um, I mm. think you need to be sensitive to the material. And I think the source material really should be the guide for a lot of these things. Um, but when you say about um, able-bodied versus disabled, I think if there's a disabled role, a disabled actor should get it. I don't see why able-bodied actors should be taking roles away because they're more than competent disabled actors that can take those roles okay so, so uh, that
1: that's where you can start getting into the weeds now you know the, comp- the competency question so are you yeah. saying that like daniel kaluya or it's over you know should only play the role of the of a british black person and i said it is okay you're
0: talking specifically about like where there's content right where there's like there's, there's yeah, no, there, with, there's, there's there's the content, the role. Yeah.
1: So, like the most recent movie, um, The Harder They Fall, um, oh, okay. with, the, with the ensemble cast, Idris Elba plays a gangster black man from whatever, and Idris Elba has played black American roles, like you know, from time he was in the Wire, he was a key character in the Wire, but like, you yeah. know, it, it becomes a question of you know, like of casting choices. Yeah, but he could. Yeah, but
0: Idris Elba was able to competently. So I, I, I don't believe I'm straying here. He was able to competently you know, um play the part of, of um what's his name, Stringer Bell. So if he couldn't if if he did it and we could hear his accent. But I thought it just like because I wasn't really in
1: the fact. that's an after-the-fact justification. I can't remember exactly what movie it was, but there was a movie where some some white woman was going to darken her skin in a way and play the role of a black um, person. You know if you're making competence the deciding factor that, that's an after the fact justification that we can only determine after the person has like you
0: No, know, I think that's what evidence is there for in terms of your, your job before your you know, your experience previously and your prior. Um no, but
1: the, but that that won't suffice now. No, no no matter how good an actor the white person is, to get in a white person and painting them dark skins play a black role
0: would No, no not would, painting. I'm not obviously would be, would not the role. No, no, you just get a black actress. You don't need to. I've already made that clear. You don't get somebody who's white and then paint them black because that's racially insensitive. And to be honest, at the end of the day, something like fantasy, let's stick to fantasy because it's not real. So, like, if if we're talking about biopics, if we're talking about where we know, like, oh, this person was white in real life or that's a very different story, then you get a white actress or a white actor. Um, so yeah, I,
1: I, think... I mean, I mean take um um I think there's a Mandela movie, and it is by playing Mandela. The Akinnykuna found a South African, um, in an actor to so play the role of Mandela. Right? Well, what I'm getting at, and what I'm trying to get you to acknowledge is that one, it's extremely complicated. Two, it kind of it kind of boils down to, it kind of boils down to, um, how you feel about it. So it's not something that you can make harder, fast rules um, about. True, going, back to, going back to your fantasy point, I don't think Tolkien wrote those books, I think in the 30s, 40s, you know, 50s or so. I don't think his vision included any black people. I don't, I don't think there were black people in his mind when he was writing the story. I think everybody he was writing looked like him. You know, um, maybe they described some darker skinned people, but like, uh-huh. maybe he was talking about like the darker skinned Italians, um, or like, you know, some of the darker skin like Spanish people who are effectively white but like have this like you know, Mediterranean um, um, shade to them. So like, I mean, we, we both agree that like, you know, it shouldn't be such a big deal. Um, I think because of our politics and everything. But I think, you know, the more things like this happen, um, the, the harder it would be for everyone, you know, in, in, in the future. And it's like it's distracting from it's detracting from, from the content of the show. And yeah. quite frankly, to me it's a thick controversy. Yeah. Um, just, but it's being amplified it's- people with by people with large platforms like Elon Musk. So you know it's 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 it becomes a topic of conversation. Um and then this guy, this author, um Neil Gaiman, um, the guy who wrote American Gods and Sandman kind of got himself in the middle of controversy too because he was docking on Elon Musk for like a kind of stupid you know, statements is, is this, and people say they're attacking him. Uh-huh. I think just, have you, I don't know if you've seen the Sandman show on Netflix. I haven't but watched it, yet, but
0: I've seen the. There's some
1: controversy about the fact that I think Gwendolyn Christie plays Lucifer. Um, whereas in, in the comics, or in the book, Lucifer was based on like David
0: Bowie.
1: Right. And then the my replies are like, hey, David Bowie is dead. Like, so he can't play, can play this role. And Gwendolyn Christie did a good job. So, like, you know, get rid of those people. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 something that we're going to have to deal with. Like, you know, I, I don't think people would like it if, you know, movie sets in Nigeria or um, you know, made by Nigerians was featuring like you know, African American um, actors. There's also this great thing where, i just I know personally, I didn't like the accents in Black Panther.
0: Um, yeah, and that's what I mean about authenticity. I'm not just saying, oh, it's competency. I'm saying, yeah, you look at it from a contextual point of view. What is the source material, if there is one? Fantasy, whole different thing, because fantasy, unless there's a specific definition, even then, if you want to adapt it to TV for better consumption, you do it. Tyrion Bannister was not supposed to look so handsome. Yeah, he wasn't supposed so, was so to like, look like that. So, like, things early. get adapted all the time, and the yeah. idea that... They were also much younger. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's to me, it's kind of a bit um, disingenuous, some of these arguments yeah. that I made, so, yeah.
1: I mean, but well, like, it's, it's, it's times that it's the times that we live in now. Um, but but that, that that's all good. Um, I, I think we can um, call it the call, call it a, call it a day here. Um, I have enjoyed the um, Rings of Power show. I think I prefer it to be quite. Um, <laughs> I, I prefer the Dragon. Um, I'm very I, I like Rings of I'm going to the Rings it. of Power show. I'm very, very impressed like, with it. It's because I, I expected Amazon to kind of fumble the bag. But I think Game of Thrones is picking up. Um, You know, like the first two episodes, meh. Now, at, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, like, you know, the drama that is that's building up between Alicent and Mineris and yes. um, Daemon Blackfire and his brother and, you know, Otto Hightower and Scheming. With the Lannisters, or who she's going to marry, so it's picking up, it's picking up a bit now. But I'm very impressed with with the Rings of Power show.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I I think it's going to be very good. Um, And I look forward to kind of the development. I want to see new I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, Obviously, I don't think we've ever seen that um, before. Yeah, no. Um,
1: And and people listening, you know, let us know what 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 you think. Are we making a bigger deal of this? uh, um, diversity, casting issue, I mean, you know, as done than that it should be. Do you think it matters? um oh. etc. Et um, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Um. Please do share, comment, and um, we look forward to seeing you on the next Cheers. episode. All right. Cheers.